Selling is a critical part of a CIO job. No is just a, an obstacle for now. It doesn't mean no forever. We think it's all about the technology, but it's actually about selling it to the board and to CEOs. Technology is sound. The difficulty is selling it into the organization itself. Hi, I'm Trudy Van Horn. Thank you for tuning in to Tech Legacies Podcast. Welcome to the Tech Legacies video podcast. I am your host, Fanny Dunnigan, where every episode I come to you featuring CIOs, CTOs, CEOs to share with you their lessons, their advice, their challenges throughout their careers and help you all in your uh, technology careers. So welcome to the episode. Today, I have a very special guest. I have Trudy Van Horn. Welcome, Trudy. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Trudy is the CIO of NCH, and uh, you've had quite the career across all kinds yeah. of industries, yeah. retail, financial services, and now chemical manufacturing. Uh, Trudy, you've been CIO, VP of information technology, all kinds of titles. What would you say as you kind of navigated your career, the best piece of advice you've ever heard? Um, I think being really intentional in what you want from your career. Um, it's not enough for you to be crystal clear on it. You need to tell the people around you so that people can help you achieve the goals that you're looking for. Um, if you're just wanting to get ahead, that's not a position that someone who is your advisor or your sponsor or your advocate can help you get. You need to be really clear so that people can help you. And I think the other thing, you know, this is kind of the table stakes. You need to be totally prepared, open to what's new, good on your feet. Um, so the practice that you get along the way is really important. But to make that next career move, you really need to be intentional about what's next for you. Mm. You mentioned something there, clarity. Yeah. Right? I think throughout our careers and across the different decades, right, from college student to entry level to mid-level to senior executive, each phase of that has different goals. And how did you kind of like help get clear about your goals? And what kind of questions do you ask yourself? Yeah, I, I think having great role models and taking advantage of great role models is important. Um, all of us um, aspire to be like someone, right? You see someone in the office in the corner and you think, I'd like to be them and I'd like to know what they want, they do. Or someone who's great standing up in front of the, an audience, I want to be like them. Um, and it's great to want to be like them, but to be, be able to have the courage to knock on their door and say, you know, could you spend 15 minutes and mentor me once a month? I'll come to you with questions. Um, can you help me? And I think that's where you really get clarity. People, people from the outside in can, can see and tell what you're good at. They can make suggestions about where your career might go. They might see something in you that you don't even know you have. And that having somebody else is really important to be able to, to help you find that clarity. You mentioned the role of mentors. Uh, I know you mentioned a uh, mentor, a lot of people. And also like, as you kind of came up through your career, what 
What kind of advice did you hear from your mentors that was very crucial or, or pivotal to your career? Yeah, in, in different parts of my career, uh, obviously I got different kinds of advice. Um, but when I was very early on in my career, I had very crystal clear direction on how to give a presentation. Um, I had, I remember saying to someone, you know, I'd like to get to this next, I was at American Express Company, and I said, I'd like to get to this next level, and they said, well, you know, these are three things you should do, and one of them was a presentation about what you do today, and um, putting a draft of that together and thinking, I, I know what I'm doing, and then having somebody else come back and talk about what your slides need to look like, and how your voice needs to be, and, you know, engaging the audience. Those things are just priceless. So uh, early on, it was um, you know I was fortunate enough to get the the advice about putting a presentation together. Later on, it was being really really clear about financials. Right in IT, we think it's all about the technology, but it's actually about selling it to the board and to CEOs. So being really good about the financial presentations, and then networking is one of those really important things. You know, I, there's this quote um, in some content I put together for TC, um, TCX uh, uh, education yeah. for uh, uh, T UTD, and um, it says that networking is just like fitness or nutrition. Mm -hmm. It's just as important. The problem is we need to make it a priority, and, and I think that's true for all of us, but particularly for women in tech. Well, speaking of that, like coming up through engineering and technology, I think in my graduating class way back, we were only like 23% women. And that was in one of the more like in civil engineering and electrical, it was like even lower. Right. And fast forward to today, we're still, I think, only around 30% women. Yes, yeah. And C-level women is, you know, 10, 11, 12. And mm. CIOs is under 28, 27%. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think it's a tough career. Um, it's getting tougher, you know, um, the challenges of security and and costs and escalating complexity are certainly part of that. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, I, the other thing I point out to, to a lot of women I talk to is, um, we tend to hire people that are like us. Mm -hmm. and, and the fact is that in the senior positions, it's mostly men and they're, they're hiring people that are like them too. I don't necessarily think it's malicious. And I think all of us just need to be much more aware of the gender gap the need for diversity, the benefits diversity brings, and just make sure we have a fair slate of candidates that we're considering. You know, even for engineer level positions, like you said, far fewer women than men. If you're looking for an engineer, you still need to ask HR or whoever is providing the slate of candidates to give you 50-50, you know, so that you have a good comparison to make. If you're not getting those candidates to consider, you're certainly not going to make those choices. Mm. Now, I know for me, I think one of the contributors to that is to increase the visibility also of right. women. Yeah. Any tips on navigating the corporate world in terms of whether it's in meetings or um, just getting that visibility for for ourselves as women. Right. Um, I think that all of us need to have the courage and the confidence to speak up and to be heard. 
Um, one of my favorite um, studies is uh, George Washington University did a study and uh, found that women were interrupted 33% more than men in meetings. And um, that hasn't changed over the years. Uh, so you need to be kind of forceful and assertive. Our moms told us to, you know, not speak up and don't be too loud. And, and that's not going to get you where you want to go. So visibility is really important. Um, I think that uh, everyone should try to find it, an opportunity to speak in front of a group. I tell young women, even if you're speaking in front of the Girl Scouts, mm. right, or third grade class and talking to them about a job in technology, just get some experience talking in front of an audience and keep building upon that. I think that's important. Number one, because it, it helps with your visibility and confidence. But number two, it shares the story, right? There's lots of other young people that are going to look at whatever you're doing and think, oh, I'd like to be that person one day. And that's inspirational and motivational. I love that tip. Like, yeah, even just to get in front of any kind of crowd. Yeah. Um, I remember... Aries Webb Williams, who is the president of ATW, she had a great tip about even if it's just that you stand up there and introduce the next guest yes. or the guest speaker yes. at an event. Yeah. Anything to just get started. Right. right? Yeah. And um, just, you know, executive presence, that's where that comes from, right? Being able to speak in front of a room or, or um, how, dealing with a problem, uh, something that you haven't thought of. And if you're like Aries in front of an ATW crowd or an event for EL, ELF, their executive leadership forum, things don't always go right. And it's how you handle them, right? Getting that experience, I think, is great. How would you define executive presence? Uh, executive presence is, is hard to define. Um, it's the, uh, the way that the audience perceives you as confident, believable, um, authentic, uh, approachable, um, collaborative, smart, capable. It's a lot of different things. But the way you stand in front of the room, the way you engage people that you're talking with, all of that is part of the executive presence. You know, being the one who asks more questions and has more curiosity than being the one that does the most speaking. I think that's really important. We can learn from everyone around us and we have to remember to do that. If you're a college student just graduating, because we just, you know, finished June, the month of June, when all our grads came out. How do you kind of get to that point of executive presence and, and speaking up, even if you may not know everything yet or have the experience yet? Any tips or advice around that? Yeah, I think college, college and, um, and sports offer a lot of opportunities to lead or to be part of a team. Uh, particularly in technology, there's nothing you can do on your own. You have to do it with a group of people, whether it's promoting something into the environment or fixing a problem or testing or rolling it out on a global basis. You need lots of people to be able to do that. So it really is a team sport. If you are participating in um, a, a sorority or a fraternity or you're a treasurer of a club, or helping to be part of a charity, a charitable donation, or, or um, volunteer time. Any of those things start allowing you to build that 
feeling of confidence in front of a room, hearing your voice, um, making an argument for the way that you think things should be done. All of that's great practice. Great advice. Trudy, what do you think are the three traits that make a great leader, especially in technology? Um, curiosity is really important. I, I think a lot of times we have to ask a, a number of why questions, right? Mm -hmm. Why and how questions. Um, and that curiosity is really important. I think being um, very versed in technology and what's new is really important as well. Um, this is a tough industry to get ahead of all the information, but um, with the internet and with podcasts like yours, I mean, there's lots of great ways to collect information about new technologies or to network with peers who have used it. So I think that's really important. And then the last thing is um, that ability to collaborate with the people who help you get things done. And that could be the board, the CFO, the CEO, the people who um, need to be the champions for a project, right? You need to have a good set of relationships on the, at the C-level and with your team. So relationships, um, the ability to be very, very curious, and then selling to people, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of selling, as a CIO, you have to bring forth big projects. You're deploying across multiple offices across the globe. What have you learned from kind of doing these kind of multi-country, multi-phase technology deployments? At NCH Corporation, we have rolled out um, an ERP across the world, and mm. it took several years to finally roll it all uh, out to all of our countries, um, maybe around 40 countries altogether. And what you find is that the technology the technology is sound. You get the right leaders involved, the technology is sound. The difficulty is selling it into the organization itself, right? Um, our technology team is about 100 people, and great developers and great planners and great solution builders. But really, if we're successful in building the technology but our business users can't use it, we all get to fail. So that collaboration and communication with the business about what's coming, what's their part, what do they need to know, making sure there's a training program to get them involved, a testing program so they can actually experience the software before it gets rolled out, you know, understand for them what, what impact this is going to have for their business, both during the rollout and after it comes in fruition. You know, all of those things, that collaboration and communication, I think, is essential for, for a technology project. We are great at the technology, the things around the edges that make other people adopt it. That's where it really takes some finesse. I want to pause real quick here and give a special shout out to one of our sponsors, CG Infinity. I've worked with them for several years now, and I can truly say that they have one of the best workplace cultures that I've ever experienced. And they specialize in a variety of industries, especially energy, utilities, and financial services. And they serve them through their Salesforce, cloud, as well as customer experience services. So thank you, CG Infinity, and I hope you'll support them as they have supported us here at the podcast. 
Do you have an example of maybe a, a challenge that you face and like a big learning lesson that you got out of it? Um, so uh, I've had a career in a lot of different industries and um, some of the companies were just US based. And when you think of deploying technology into the hands of your end users, you know, if you come from that US based mindset, you don't realize that you need 19 languages. And how are you going to get 19 languages to, to be translated? And do you want it to be translated by a third-party firm? Or do you want to in, engage the company and each of those countries in translating keywords and really being part of the project from the beginning? But that's really surprising when you realize um, diversity of the complex infrastructure and then diversity of the user base that's, that's going to, to um, embrace the software. But I think language challenge um, was probably one of the first things at NCH, just because we're in 58 countries. I mean, yeah. it's not like we're just in a couple countries in Europe and then most of North America. It's a very complex environment. Any unique solutions that you, you found to handle that or to um, address that? So we're, we're kind of a bootstrap company, right? We kind of get in there and try to muscle through all of this ourselves. So that engaging the end user population in translations and testings from the beginning, I think always leads to a much smoother deployment. Now you mentioned another important skill as an executive to sell. Right? Not necessarily to sell a product, but to sell to your internal right. stakeholders yeah. and your end users. Any advice around that? Um, what's really worked when it comes to the messages that you say to your end users and to your stakeholders? So when you think of selling, selling is really an ask, right? You're asking someone to buy into something with you. And all of that is much more effective if you have those base foundational uh, relationships with people, right? So that, that creating the ability to chit chat with someone or understand their background or understand what um, they think is important is really fundamental to being able to go back to them and pitch an idea or talk about how, how much something is gonna cost. So I think that the relationships are really, really important. The other thing is, you need to be very planful, right? You need to be very planful. Um, people don't want to um, support a, a project where they don't really know the beginning, the middle, of the end, and the cost. And that's really important to, to develop as well. But selling is a critical part of a CIO job. There's lots of people to sell to. Business yeah. partners, the board, the CFO, yeah. division heads. And then you have to get the team and the user population on board as well. So it's selling at all levels. What happens when you hear no? Um, you know, when I worked at Victoria's Secret, I worked for uh, a woman who said to me, you have to remember, no isn't always no. No is not now. No is you didn't have the right pitch. No is you maybe haven't thought through all the questions. No is just a, a, an obstacle for now. It doesn't mean no forever. And I, I think that's really important, right? Go back, take stock, understand if there's a different way to, to make this pitch. But honestly, if no really does mean no, and you know when it's coming from the right person that no means no, you have to line by what the corporation has decided, whether or not you personally wanted that solution or not, or that decision or not. 
I think it's important to be a good leader, but also be a good follower. So that ability to align when the answer really is no is important, but no doesn't always mean no. And it probably ties back to what you were talking about, relationship building, right? To get that relationship developed, maybe before you even have to do the ask, Oh, right? way before you have to do the ask. How do you do yeah. that? What's been some of the, the things that have worked for you to build relationships with people? Um, one of the most important things I think that, that we've done as a technology team is um, being able to do portfolio reviews, meet with the business and talk about all the things that we're doing with them and what projects are important to them and what the impact is and where they, those rest. That helps to build a lower level of of um, confidence and collaboration. And that's a good building because our, our, um, our Organizations are so big and so broad. Um, but with the senior executives, there's lots of opportunities when you're planning, when you're doing strategic business reviews, when you're looking at critical projects, when you're presenting to the board to be able to slip in a new idea and start talking about it. Maybe not selling it right away, but talking about it and build that level of collaboration, understand the interests or what the obstacles might be kind of early on. Do you ever experience feelings of self-doubt or <laughs> as you present and as you sell and as you pitch? And, and what do you do about that? Yeah, so most of us know, um, most women know of the phrase uh, Im imposter syndrome. And it's something that um, everyone faces. And, and I, I think all of us, as we were junior and coming up, thought, oh, it's just me. And then we find out, no, a lot of us suffer from that. But if you go out onto the web, um, Michelle Obama has written about imposter syndrome and how she deals with it. Um, Chief Justice uh, Sotomayor. Uh, Maya Angelou, the famous author and speaker, Jodie Foster, who is a Yale graduate and an actor and a director of movies. I mean, it cuts through everything. We all feel that maybe we're not enough and we need to just believe that we are enough and talk over that voice in our heads. But yeah, everyone, everyone suffers from self-doubt. What about... Um you know, this new era of AI that's coming, right? And we hear about it across manufacturing, supply chain sure. as well, right? And, um, and so we see that, how do you think we can maintain our creativity and our authenticity as we kind of go out into the next decade of AI and machine learning and all that? Well, um so for anybody in technology, um, my advice to them is to get to know AI. Learn as much as you can. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to be afraid of something that we don't understand yet. Uh, so I think that understanding is really important. Um, and I, I think that there will be a lot of jobs around having expertise in AI. So I think that's important. Um, you know, being champions for our own authenticity and our own creativity, I think is really important, right? We, we all need to be standing up for ourselves and know, know what's important for us and find a way to, to be true to ourselves. And um, AI can challenge that. 
Um, but I know a lot of people who are getting great advice from AI, saving some time in research from AI, and also thinking about the world differently, which is also a good thing. How are you a champion of your own authenticity, Trudy? Um, the most important thing for me, you know, I'm, I'm very senior in my career, um, trying to step back and figure out what's new for me in a second chapter. What's really important for me is uh, helping the next generation of leaders in technology navigate the way. Um, you know, there's a lot of us in technology and a small, small percentage get into leadership. And particularly women in leadership, the numbers are dwindling. So I want to be able to help new leaders in technology and um, taking a page from my own book, right? Being able to stand up in front of a group, whether it's the ATW group, I'm on the advisory board for ATW, or meeting um, at CIO Connections every two weeks with peer CIOs, or um, standing up in front of a, a, a group of students with um, working on UTD and content creation and instructors for the new certificate course um, for UTD and IT leadership. All of those things really tap on the authentic me, right? I can't bring anyone along on what I've learned and what I've done without sharing all the good and all the failures and challenges along the way. And I think that keeps me authentic. When do you find the time to fit all that in? <laughs> um, everything is priorities, right? And I'm not a good sleeper, and I, I have always worked just about every day, Saturdays and Sundays. So I find the time for what's important for me. But again, that, that legacy of helping the next generation get to the technology leadership, I think is really, really important. We need younger people, we need more women, we need more minorities in uh, technology roles. And the only way we can do that is all of us reaching out, grabbing some hands and bringing them along with us, making sure that we all do that. And it's a, it's a call to action for all the IT leaders today. But why, why you specifically? Why are you so motivated to do that? What, what drives you? I think I am where I am because the people who took an interest in me when I was younger, who gave me hard lessons along the way, told me what I needed to learn and how I needed to learn it. And, and I don't think I would be where I am if those people hadn't invested in me. So I think it's a little bit of giving back, right? Yeah. Paying it forward. The people who invested in me, now I need to invest in other people. When did Trudy first get interested in technology? Um, I come from a family of engineers. Um, my, uh, in our family, all the men were engineers. Most of the women did not go to school. And I wanted to be like all those engineer guys. Right from the beginning, I wanted to be in IT and accounting. That was where I wanted my double major to be. And um, that served me well by you know, learning a lot about finance, learning a lot about marketing and how to pitch, learning a lot about people and how to motivate and, and, and engage them, and then technology to drive business forward. Mm. Love that. So this next phase of your life, right? You said it's about paying it forward. Um, 
any kind of communities or networking associations that you'd recommend to our audience here for them to kind of network and build out their network? Oh, yeah. Um, the, we are so blessed to be in, in DFW. This is a collaborative community and very, very supportive of IT. Um, uh, the Alliance for Technology and Women, DFWATW, is a fantastic organization. Um, we have fantastic uh, universities here. UTD is just doing some amazing work, and people can be affiliated with UTD, whether you're a student, whether you are um, a guest speaker, whether you're just an advisor to students. Um, Dallas CIO is an excellent organization. And even if you're not a CIO, they have education programs. The Society for Information Management, SIM, is also a fantastic organization. And uh, Gartner's Avanta. I, we have so much here. I would say to someone, if you're looking for a, a place to um, begin to spread your network, go and talk to your leaders in IT. I'm sure they can give you great advice and help you with in, uh, some of the organizations that they belong to and give you an entree into those. Mm. How do you want to be remembered, Trudy? What kind of legacy in technology or even just in humanity do you want to leave behind? I think, I think if a few people could say that I helped them, I'd be pleased. Mm. Love that. Well, thank you so much for spending your time and advice and sharing with us. I so appreciate that. Very thank you for what you do for uh, spreading the word about all that technology has to offer in DFW and all the lessons of the senior leaders here. Absolutely. And that way we can all grow together. I'm continually learning from these amazing technology executives. And for you, continue to tune in to every episode here. Uh, be sure to like and ring that bell and get that notification on YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Tech Legacies, and then all the other podcast platforms. Be sure to subscribe to that. So thank you everyone for tuning into the Tech Legacies video podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. At Tech Legacies, we're all about helping technology professionals grow and succeed in their careers by sharing the advice of top technology executives. If you're looking to take your career to the next level and become a technology executive yourself, we have an exciting program to tell you about. It's called the Tech CXO Excellence Program by Tech CXO Launchpad, and they are our partners. They're offering an immersive, multimodal program developed and taught by current and former CIOs and CTOs who are passionate about building the next generation of C-suite technology executives. And you'll experience a full immersion into the C-suite world and also get to collaborate, network, and experience capstone-style projects with other professionals. And this is all while benefiting from face-to-face -face interactions in person with industry guest speakers. It is exclusively for a new level of C-suite executives and C-level direct reports and second directs who are earmarked for succession planning and career growth. To join their waitlist, register your interests at www.techs.com.
techcxolaunchpad.com. That's techcxolaunchpad.com. This program has everything you need to take your career to the next level.